Hello and welcome to Holistic Health Chats, a podcast where we chat about all things holistic women's health and everything in between. I'm your host, Selene Douglas, a women's health nutritionist with a focus on helping women to heal holistically and live pain and symptom free. I'm so happy that you've made your way here. Tune in every week so we can listen, learn and be inspired together. In today's episode, I chat to Kate Eakin from Positively Hypnobirthing. Kate is a certified hypnobirthing Australia practitioner. She is certified in childbirth education and in the basics of hypnotherapy to teach skills in self-hypnosis, conditioning, relaxation, breathing, and visualization to achieve positive birthing outcomes. We chat about what hypnobirthing actually is or what it can do for you and common misconceptions. Kate offers the Hypnobirthing Australia course to couples on the Gold Coast Australia in group or private sessions, and she also offers an online course. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Hi, Kate, and welcome to Holistic Health Chats. Nice to see you. <laughs> well, I can see you, but you're probably just hearing me. <laughs> just listening. Um, it's great to have you. So today we're going to be talking all about hypnobirthing and what hypnobirthing is and what it can actually do for you. So before we get into all of that good stuff, I'd love, Kate, if you could just um, as a way of introducing you, just tell us a little bit about what it is that you're doing in your business day to day and how you're helping women and couples really. Well, so I'm a Hypnobirthing Australia practitioner. I'm very proud of that. Um, Originally, I sort of learned through a different system and when I hypnobirthed originally. So I, after after sort of learning or as a practitioner going through that as a Hypnobirthing Australia practitioner, I I just know how good this course is. Um, And and so that's, you know, so I'm really proud when I get to teach it. It's a really really big thing because I know that I'm helping, you know, couples. Mm. And what's the great thing is that I get to see it every day. Um, so couples just going about having a much more positive experience, being informed, being empowered. I mean, it's just um, really it's like the best job in the world. Um, and it's actually funny because just recently I was speaking to a midwife and she said, oh, okay, I just love sending people to your course because, um, you know, you know, they're just so more informed. And I said, look, could you tell me exactly what it is that you that, you know, that parents after they come, you know, when they're coming through birthing their baby, what are they really, what are those benefits that they're actually getting? And, uh, and she said, I, it's just, they're so empowered. They know what they want. They know what they're doing and the partners, they know what they're doing. And she really emphasized that. And so I thought that's just brilliant because, you know, gone are the days where the, you know, the partners would sit out in the, uh, in the I don't know the lobby or the the you know the waiting room yeah <laughs> waiting room yeah and they'll be sitting there twiddling their thumbs going is it a boy is it a girl I don't know you know and look through a window and say oh my god which one's my baby you know this is a team effort this is you know dads just as much as mums you know they want to go through this process together and bring their baby into the world so it's a really beautiful thing um but yeah, so I love doing this and um, love being a hypnobirthing Australia practitioner. Yeah, I love that. And how did you? What made you 
want to become a hypnobirthing practitioner out of curiosity? Yes. Well, um, (laughs) to tell you the truth, I probably would have done it after my first. I've got two two little ones. Actually, they're kind of big now. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I've used this uh, process and I've hypnobirthed with both of my kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And after the first one, I had a great birth. First time, mom, you're probably going, oh my God, wow, first time. I like, I'm like, it was great. It was great. I hypnobirthed, I did it, and it was wonderful. I think I actually got a bit cocky. I think I thought, like, oh yeah, I can do this. I'm going to, this time, I want to make sure I have the water birth and I'm going to go to the birth center and had all these ideas about how I was going to ramp it up and have this amazing, even more amazing birth. Um, but then, but then I got told at 36 weeks that my baby was breech. So instead of head down, I had feet down. And, and so then it just changed everything, just, yeah, got blown out of the water and all of my hopes, all of my desires for this, this perfect, I like to put that in an air quote mm-hmm. there, <laughs> it's perfect because we shouldn't think that our birth is going to be perfect because it's never going to be perfect. Uh, what is perfect anyway, right? Um and and I was going to have this amazing birth and I felt like it was just, it's not going to happen now because I was getting told I was going to have a cesarean. Um, all of my ideas were just out the window now. Um, so I probably use my hypnobirthing more so than I ever did before. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where I got back on the bandwagon and said, no, no, just because my birth is taking a different turn doesn't mean that I'm not going to have an awesome birth. And, and so, yeah, I, I fell back on those tools even more and used them. So every couple of days I would be going to the hospital. I had scans to make sure mm-hmm. um, baby was in a good position. Um, and this was all because I had told them that or told my hospital that I was going to birth my baby vaginal. Um, I had done some research. I had mm-hmm. spoken to necessary people and asked for a bit of information and did what I could do to to be informed and work out what I wanted to do. So I realised I was going to have this baby vaginally and I asked for the support of my hospital. Um, And they did eventually give me support. Um, However, that went with a few conditions Mm -hmm. along as I was able to tick all the boxes, um, which miraculously I was able to do. Um, Baby being a certain weight, um, baby being um, uh, I had to be a certain age, I had to... It had to be a second baby. Um, there's all these conditions that I had to fall into and like I was lucky enough to be able to, for that to happen. And um, But the idea of supporting me did mean that I had to come into the hospital constantly to, to be sort of, you know, have the scan Checked, to, yeah. uh, to mm-hmm. look at me and see if everything was okay. That was a lot of pressure for mm. any mum. Um, we get a lot of pressure regardless of whether we have certain issues going on um, and this was a lot of pressure. So I used all of those hypnobirthing tools to be able to um, get through that process and for my partner as well because we were working as a team mm-hmm. um, and we made all our decisions together and we talked about that. Um, and then um, in the end um, when he decided to come, he came very quickly <laughs> and Long story short, I didn't actually make it into the hospital and I had him at home. (laughs) Um, It was was quite a story. (laughs) Um, But the idea behind that was that I got an amazing birth. It was truly amazing, but I surrendered to this idea that it had to be a certain way. 
Mm. But I didn't surrender to my choices mm-hmm. and being empowered and saying how I wanted things to go and making decisions that were right for me. And I only got that from hypnobirthing and using, you know, my my tools. Yeah. So that really made me go, okay. After the first, I wanted to properly teach. After the second, now I just have to teach. Because yeah. if I don't teach, I feel like there's too many parents that are going by without being able to, to be feel empowered and know that they have choices and know that they can say no or they can, you know, look at different avenues, you know, um, rather than just hand their power across to care providers. For sure. Well, it's definitely not the norm to uh have a baby that's breached but then certainly to go against well you know quote unquote against what you're being advised to do there's one other lady I know who did that and similar story she had to get approval from you know the director sort of of the hospital and and all of these sorts of things and even that to me it seems so unusual when you think about that so hard I mean we we sat had to go to the head of obstetrics I was being looked Mm. after by the head of obstetrics and we had to go to the you know the head office and we Mm -hmm. had to sit around an oval table myself and my partner and doctors on one side I felt like I was you know at the the headmaster's office hold off and it was just so intimidating and I just sort of thought geez could everyone just go through this if they didn't have something to back them up you know, I don't think they could. I, I mean, it's it's a hard thing to go through. So mm-hmm. when you've got some things to back you up, you've got some knowledge, you've got some, um, you know, understand you've got things to be able to keep you calm because we can't control what people are saying to us. We can't mm-hmm. say, you can't do that. I like to say to my couples, I'd love to put you in a bubble. I'd love to say, you're pregnant now, in the bubble you go and no one will be nice. Um, but the thing is, is that we don't have control over what other people say to us, mm. but we do have control over how we take that, how we react to it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you can work on. And that's where your power comes from, you know. So I would come home every day after having these appointments and, you know, I'd work on relaxation tools. I would put, mm-hmm. you know, birth music around and affirmations playing in the house so that I was constantly keeping myself up at that level of being positive because I know that has an effect on my body and how my baby is feeling. So so if baby's calm, you know, or if I'm calm, baby's calm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, you know, I am yet to become a mum, so obviously I'm not speaking from experience here, but I'm speaking from talking to my clients. Some of the stories I hear about what people think it's okay to say to you when you're pregnant. <laughs> and, you know, I imagine that those tools as well are very helpful for uh, women and even more so if you're in a more complex situation like like you were yeah yeah, yeah. I mean yeah we we can't um there's a lot of what it's like you're a you've got this beacon on you as soon as you go it's like they're just coming in with all these yeah. horror stories uh-huh and it, it literally is an issue with our society like mm. we have problems <laughs> and what what it is it mainly stems from all of these uh women people are having you know mums are having babies and they're not processing through what they've gone through i.e you know trauma 
And that's not their fault. That's actually society and the fact that we're not making that available for parents to be able to go and, and talk about what happened and process and, re- and, and get told that it wasn't their fault. Mm. So if we had a better system set up that allowed for that, then we wouldn't have these people talking to us and processing on new mums and telling them all these fearful stories. So it really, it, it stems, yeah. That's so true. And I'm always fascinated in thinking about how, you know, we haven't even gotten into what hypnobirthing is yet, but we'll circle back to that shortly. (laughs) But um, just while we're on this topic, I wanted to talk about, you know, in traditional cultures, they would have had, they're called the wise women. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Where, you know, women who had already gone through menopause and who were no longer having kids were actually there to support the mums and take care of them. And there was actually a lot more afterbirth care, it seems, there than there is now. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And when you think about what we have at the moment, we used to be in real clusters. We used to have our family around us Mm. and pretty much more so than ever, we are away from our family. We don't have support. And so, and then we're also these very independent career driven women, which is totally fine. Apart from the fact that when we have babies, we have it in our mind that we have to do it all on our own. Yeah. And then we get, and then we feel like we're not doing it right if we're not succeeding and so we're really gearing women up to to sort of fail when really it's not a failure. They, they haven't done anything wrong. We just don't have half the amount of support that we used to be able to have or, you know, throughout, throughout time we had such better support. But really society is very much changing and it's not really gearing towards helping women. Um, no, definitely not. And I see that a lot in the preconception sort of phase as well in, in my industry. But, I, you know, I think... There are obviously amazing resources out there for us, certainly like what you're doing and there's a lot of other great um, businesses out there, but it's, you know, unless you're going out there looking for it, you, you're not necessarily going to be offered that's, it on a silver platter is is the issue, I guess. That's, that's it. And, it's not the standard. This is a new thing. Look, I'm, I'm a sort of person that doesn't really ask for help too often and then I mm. had to kind of change that um, and start realising that it's okay to ask for help mm. and that... We only have to ask for it now because it's not necessarily like it was years ago where it would just sort of be, it would happen. It would happen, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Now we actually have to seek it out and and that's okay and mm. it's good too. And it's yeah. and so we should really encourage that, yeah. Yeah. So, Kate, I'd love if you could explain to us what actually is hypnobirthing. Okay. So essentially, because, like, it sounds like all this big hoo-ha, uh, <laughs> Um, but it really is just a calm and positive and more empowering approach to your birth. So if you really break it down, it is essentially just that. It is, and then to put on top of that, it's really knowledge, information, understanding, having all those knowledge, the knowledge, and then having the tools. Mm-hmm. So those things taking into your birth so that you can have, and really this is always what we're after, it's really helping you to have a more positive experience. Um, the problem is, though, that we have this this name, this hypno in front of it. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of makes people stop at that hypno part and go, uh-uh, what are you going to do to me? I even say that at the start of the course. I have these, these poor partners that I just look at and I look at them and I'm like, you're thinking, aren't you? What am I going to mm. do to you? And I'm not going to do anything to you. <laughs> um, so essentially, yeah, the hypno part, look, it does refer to hypnotherapy, yes, mm-hmm. Um, but 
it is just one tool, one mm. tool that we are looking at, a number of tools that we look at in the hypnobirthing history course. Um, and essentially all that is deep relaxation. Mm. Apart from the fact as well that we're not doing anything to you and we are teaching you those techniques so that you and your partner can do it. So your partner can help you through it and then also you can do it by yourself. And again, it really is just heading towards what that goal is, which is to stay as calm as we can so that our body can work better. Because essentially this whole idea is um, when when we're fearful, and this is really where hypnobirthing comes from. Um, so there was an obstetrician and uh, in the 1900s, early 1900s, and he wrote a book, Childbirth Without Fear. And it was bestseller at the time. And it was he, he coined a term which is basically fear, tension, pain syndrome. So really what that's looking at is that fear that mum is, you know, whether it's, you know, it's in her mind, she's fearful about something that's going to happen, i.e. childbirth. Um, and, uh, and therefore her body, she starts releasing catecholamines, stress hormones, and that sends her into fight or flight. So now with those catecholamines going through, we're stopping our, our endorphins, which is our natural pain relief, which is believed to be 20 to 40 times more powerful than morphine. So we're sending her in to this fight or flight. All that blood and oxygen is going to our big muscle groups because we're going to fight off this fear. We're going to run from it. We're going to do whatever. It's all an attempt to save your life. Um, But what happens is that your uterus and your birthing muscles, they also need this blood and oxygen. And so we're moving that blood and oxygen away from the uterus so it can't work as well. And of course, that causes our labor pain. So it's fear, tension, pain syndrome. So it all stems from that idea of fear. And so this is really what we base. So a lot of, you know, this this teaching, this is the basis of the hypnobirthing philosophy. So the fear, tension, pain. So we want to we want to stop it. We want to stop the fear. We want to start alleviating a lot of that fear that mum is having because it's not just, oh, you've got a fearful thought. Oh, you know, that's bad. Mm. It is actually affecting your labour. <laughs> so it's not just a woo-woo thing. This is science. This is how yeah. it works. <laughs> so with that fear, that's what helps with hypno- Sorry, with, um, with hypnotherapy. Okay. So essentially deep relaxation, hypnotherapy, it helps you to let go of the fear, let go of those negative thoughts and change them into more positive ones, which absolutely affects our birth. Yeah, I can imagine. (laughs) I kind of imagine it as you being taught just the tools to stay in your zone. Ah, Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yes. Because it's very much about mindset. Mm. Like you think about a runner, you think about an athlete, um, we are entering into birth. This is yeah. I imagine you know? it like a tunnel, right? Like you're yeah. you're in it, and you just got to keep going. Yeah, there's yeah. just one way, one direction. That's, that's it. Yeah, and and so and it can be amazing. It can be wonderful, mm. and it's transforming. But what when you're in that that moment and you're feeling those intense sensations that are not bad, they're actually good. It's unlike, you know, when you're experiencing something that's hurting you and breaking you. This is a good thing, but it's really intense. And it's happening naturally, yes, so we have to surrender to it. So we have to be prepared. How is your mind going to be in that moment? How are you going to react? Are you going to freak out? I don't know. We're all different, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got to have something to back you up. And that was very much something that I did with my uh, 
first birth, I thought, ah, oh, I'm going to be okay. This will be fine. I, I can do this. And then I suddenly thought, oh, I don't know. What what if I can't? You know, what do, what do I actually have, like mm. a tool that I could hold and go, I can use this, you know. Mm. Um, and that's what hypnobirthing gives you. It gives you those tools to be able to lean on and say, I'm going to use this to help me get through this. Yeah. And say other than the uh, hypnosis side of things, what mm. are some of the other tools you use for helping women to move through that fear if that's what they're experiencing? So, yeah, as you said, so got the hypnotherapy, which is a huge, it, it's, you know, it's a pretty big part of, of being able to change those, um, that mindset issue. But mm-hmm. we're looking at mindset tools. Um, so with relaxation and we, we look, so we do relaxation. We also do touch to help mum kind of activate those, um, those endorphins. Um, but then we also look at visualization and visualization. I always sort of think when I approach this in class, I'm like, people start going, oh, yeah, visualize the picture, you know, and I see them starting to glaze over and I'm like, don't you, don't you do it, don't you do it, because visualization for me is absolutely huge. Um, we, there's, there's a thing that goes behind visualization. So if you, if you break it down, when you visualize something, you create a lot of brain cells to be able to visualize it, right? Now, if what's something else that we might actually need a lot of brain cells for? Well, that would be to perceive pain. Mm. So when you're in your in your birth and you're, you're laboring away and you're visualizing something, and for you that could be a beautiful place, it could be how your body's working, it could be a wave and you're, you're riding up that wave to be able to get through this sensation. Um, you putting so much visualization and concentration on visualizing this thing that you've chosen is actually taking away or there's less receptors available to perceive the pain. And I'm like, voila. And so oh, as soon as I found out that, I was like, boom. <laughs> I was like, yeah. it's good. Um, so it's all science. It's all yeah. based on science. So, so that's another really big one. I mean, some of the physical things that we look at is, you know, acupressure, mm-hmm. um, actual, um, like we do light touch massage, but then we also do other massage. Um, then looking at... Um, actual rebozo work to help mm-hmm. move baby into a better position or help you know help relieve some of the sensation that mum's going through I mean there's a lot of a lot of tools in that respect then we we look at um you know even using this is more conditioning side of things so we will use uh like um smell and um and music to start but this is where it, it's not something that you can just knock out in birth and just go, oh, great, Where? what are those t- tools again? Yeah, give me those, great, I'm going to use those in birth. Yeah. And that's when the first time you're doing them. I say hypnobirthing is 80% what you do before, 20% what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So it's already in the mind, it's there. You've conditioned yourself. But yeah, it's because very you, much conditioning. You need to remember how to be able to do it, right, when the time yeah. comes. And so on that, yeah. what stage in pregnancy do you generally recommend women look at starting so we we usually say any time between 20 and 33 weeks okay um that's a very big span though yeah um, uh, I would say the majority of people do it around 27 okay um I sometimes get some people at like actually I should say a quite a lot I also get a good amount at say 24 25 weeks and I think really that just comes down to what sort of person you are and how do you like to learn? Like I'd be there at 
19 weeks. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, look, you know, and this is why, you know, as long as you can see that there's a bit of belly there, like, you know, yeah. a few weeks, you know, you're, you're there. And and what it does is it gives you longer at conditioning mm. and helping yourself in that respect. There's some people, though, that quite like the idea of, um, you know, sort of doing it around the 30, 31, mm-hmm. 32, so that they do the course and then they kind of just go, fresh yeah you know and then just get straight into it and it just feels really fresh um but I like to do a little refresher with them like just a quick little catch-up towards the end when they're getting around the 30 when sorry when they are at about 38 weeks Mm -hmm. because that's when I feel like people get a lot of or mums get a lot of pressure yeah and we tend to start letting go of the tools and start going Oh, oh, I can't do this. I can't do this. And then I'm like, I just give them that little pep and say, you absolutely can. And all it yeah. takes is just that little bit. And they go, you're right. I totally I've got this. You know, yeah. I got this. <laughs> yeah. So it's just that little, little pep at the end. And I think that makes a really big difference for a lot of the couples that I work with. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They need, they need to hear that if they're getting the, the contrary to that from yes. a lot yes. of other people. They need people. to hear good because there's a lot yes. of other stuff coming in the other ear. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And uh, can anyone do hypnobirthing regardless of, say, if they're having a C-section or a vaginal birth or if there's, you know, any other curveballs in there? Is it uh, effective and doable for everyone? Absolutely. Well, first of all, we actually have a cesarean course. Mm-hmm. So you can, just if, if it's a medical reason and you need to have um, a cesarean from the get-go, well, then you can just bam straight into for a course and um and go through with a practitioner that will be able to help you through the hypnobirthing australia hypnobubs um cesarean course so so that's a you know really great option and this is what we we really want people to know that it's not just for a natural birth Mm. and that if they don't have a natural birth that they somehow failed and this really isn't a part what part of what we do so we really set in the course that it is for every birth and it really doesn't matter how your baby comes into the world, but mm-hmm. it matters how you felt while it happened. <laughs> it yeah. matters that you felt empowered and that you were calling the shots and that you didn't have any regrets after because you felt like it was led by someone else or you were, you know, somehow persuaded to do this way and you just kind of went along for the ride because you had to hand your power across. That that really is um that's yeah, really hard to hear that when I hear that mm. parents experience these sort of births. Um, and you know, we've had I've heard that from people that have had completely natural births and have had birth trauma after. Mm. You know, that you know, haven't done the course, but have gone through a natural birth and then they've come to me after and said, it was I just felt though that, you know, I was told to do this or I didn't yeah. feel like this was a choice. And and anyone on paper, anyone else would look at that on paper and say, but you had a perfect birth. Mm. And then I've had people have cesareans that have gone through the course, had a cesarean and just had a beautiful, positive birth. Yeah, um, They felt empowered by it and they've made those decisions and there's absolutely no regrets. So there's a real difference. And I think that's really important that, you know, people understand that, you know, for whatever birth and to tell you the truth, like, like what I, with I, what I had with um, my second, everything changed mm. and I had to use them even more. So I believe that, you know, if anything were to happen in your birth, special circumstance, you keep hypnobirthing because you just, you know, it helps you even more so. Um, yeah. And um, what I was going to ask was around, do you also teach women uh, how to create a birth plan or is that something you work through? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. So look, that's that's part of the course that we go through um, a birth plan with mm-hmm. um, uh, with couples. We don't obviously go through individually. Yes. In a group scenario, um, but we give you a um, like a word. Uh, word document and you can cut and paste so that's giving you pretty much everything that we talk through on the course and and look our my course goes for uh (laughs) goes for two days yeah (laughs) Um, so it's two Sundays out of the month um one you know consecutively so we do a Sunday and then you have a week gap and then you do another Sunday with Mm -hmm. your with your partner and we go through everything. Like there's mm. no need to even do an antenatal course. You can, ch- I still say, go do it, you know, find out from your hospital. But it's more so finding out their, uh, yes. their policies as opposed to how to handle birth and have the tools to be able to navigate through birth. It doesn't teach you that. Um, and and that, that's what the problem is. We don't need to necessarily you know, be hammered on about hospital policies. We need to know how to stand up for ourselves to know what we do and don't want. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, that's a big part of it. So, so yes, yeah. It'd be but, horrible oh, yeah, to look yeah. back on that experience and go, yeah. you know, I wish that hadn't have happened or yeah. I feel like I didn't get a say in that. That's right. And really often you don't know until... It's happened then. after the fact, yeah. And you're like, oh. I imagine it's, you know, in a lot of instances, particularly if it is quicker than expected, it's such a whirlwind. I mean, yes. if you don't have that plan there, who is, you know, who's advocating for what you want? And if yeah. you don't know what you want, then that's not even a possibility. Like they're not going to know. No that's one else's, right. your partner's not going to know. You've midwife's not going to know so I think it sounds like a big part of it is really teaching women also how to actually advocate for themselves and and also the partner teaching the partner how to advocate um for for their woman yeah Yeah, so absolutely well so we'll go through in class we'll you know point people to the the birth Mm -hmm. plan they can read over it all the things we're talking about essentially is a lot of those things are in there um we give couples evidence-based information on those topics so they can go away and read how they feel about it because it's not you know i'm not telling them they have to birth like i did you know Mm. Um, it's about their birth so that could look very different to mine or what I wanted so so this is why it has to be their mm-hmm. their opinion and then I um we work on the the two together like your partner really there will be I'm not saying that it has to be advocating for you know mums the whole time but yes. um you have to be an advocate at times and we have to let mums do what they need to do which is not make not get in this head and not get this neocortex and be starting and having to kind of work through, oh, what do I do here and what do I do there? So this is just putting them in the wrong mindset for birth. So I need, you know, partners to take on that role. So they need to understand what's going on. So we go through a few things in class about what they can do. We we talk about questions and how they can make those and and be a good advocate. Um, And then, um, and then with that, so, and then they do need to do a lot at home as well. So that's that's like kind of a, a big part of it. So that's why, you know, you've got plenty of time after the course to then start bit by bit, yeah. gradually go through. And it's so important to have the conversations with your partner, the amount of times that we just go, but I think they know that. They should know what I want. Yeah, they'll know what I want, right? <laughs> so if you can talk with your care provider and have a sit-down conversation about everything you want and just 
run it all through. And don't worry about if you're going to offend them or don't worry about if they're not going to agree with what you want. You know what, if they don't agree, maybe they're not the right person for you. So, you know, this is about your birth. It's not about pleasing other people. So if you can somehow get all of that information spoken about before, Mm-hmm. then this, oh, it makes the actual labour and birth so much easier. So get out all of those questions beforehand so you're both on the same page. Yeah, Have your partner understand he's on the same page or her, whoever it may be. Um, so everyone's on the same page mm-hmm. and just alleviating a lot of those issues. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's great that you take people through, you know, also um, understanding why they're making certain decisions, providing them with the information to make their choices because, you know, we've all been in a situation where we're like, oh, I I think that's what I want. I'm pretty (laughs) sure it is. And then someone questions you and you're like, oh, no, it's okay. I'll go with your option. That sounds good. And so if you have that background information, you are a lot more empowered in going, no, this is actually what I want and I'm not going to compromise there, which I think is great. Yeah, yeah, that that's right. Um, I've had plenty of uh, partners say they want it this way, as in mums, they'll say, I want mm-hmm. this, I want this, and I want this, and then they'll get into birth and they'll change their mind. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay, yeah, yeah. Because you've done your research, you know, so that's an informed decision. Mm-hmm. You've changed your mind because of understanding this, the, the risks, the benefits, and you've now come up to this position and you're going to you know, answer in this way. So yeah. this is why a birth plan is, and we actually prefer to call it like a birth preferences. Uh, yes, birth preferences. Well, only yes. because a birth nothing goes to plan. Start <laughs> going, oh, a plan. That means it has to be. Yes, you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. These are just these are just preferences. What you want. You know, yeah, yeah. Why not? I'd like to have this. I'd like to have this. Well, you know what? I had a breech baby. That wasn't on. That wasn't on my list. preferences. Yeah, but you know, I still got a whole lot of what I wanted because I'd set down an idea of how I wanted things to go. So I know that it's not going to go exactly to plan, but yeah. you can still want what you want. You know. Yeah. And um, but yeah, if you've done the research, it means that you're you're far more informed, mm-hmm. and um, and that really leads to down the road not having regrets, which is really the biggest part. Yeah, definitely. Because it's such a, can be such a, an amazing experience. Also, oh, I'm yeah. told I'm obviously led to, yeah. Yeah, to experience it, but you know, yeah, you just want to be able to have it the best it possibly can be. Yeah. And you, you don't want to think about, oh, and not want to look back on your birth because you're like, oh, that was terrible. That was terrible. You know, you want to look back fondly and go, wow, that was when yeah. I met my baby, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah. It's such yeah. a special moment. <laughs> earlier you mentioned the different uh or the frontal part of the brain the neocortex yeah. so yeah I just love if you could explain a, a bit around that and more so where we want to predominate in the brain when we are yeah. uh giving birth yeah so you've got to think about like right now I'm in my neocortex you're mm-hmm. in your neocortex um I hope that we would be or else this would be very <laughs> different interview I think yeah <laughs> Um, so we, we're predominantly most of the day we're in this neocortex. Um, and the thing is that when we're birthing, we don't want to be in that. We want to be in our reptilian brain. Now our reptilian brain is about, it's, it's about survival. So it is, you know, when you're sleeping, you're in the reptilian brain, when you're having sex, you're in a reptilian brain. And none of these things work very well Mm. if you're thinking. So if you think about when you're going off to sleep, and you're thinking about something you did at work today and la, la, la. Um, can you get to sleep very well? Yeah, no. Not really. That was me last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And look, and it's an instinctual thing. Birth is instinctually like sleeping. It's it's something that our body is just made to do. Mm. So we don't need to be thinking it through. And as soon as we start thinking it through, it doesn't become instinctual. We're controlling mm. it. And so it's not really where it, well, it most definitely isn't where we want to be when we're birthing. And it doesn't help us to birth that way. So this is why so many women are having issues because you're walking into a hospital. Have a think about what, what sort of setting a hospital is. Mm. First of all, it's really bright. Well, the first thing that um, stimulates your neocortex, bright, bright lights. lights. <laughs> so bam, straight off, you've got yourself a nice bright area that's stimulating you to get into your neocortex. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing is you're probably being asked questions. Well, another thing to stimulate neocortex is people asking you questions, giving you eye contact. These are all things that are helping or well bringing mum into that neocortex Mm. now you're probably going oh probably not that bad being in your neocortex is it well the problem is when you're in your neocortex you start thinking and worrying and all of those things just go in your mind and then we start releasing catecholamines and so we're releasing our stress hormone and then what happens now the blood goes to your big muscle groups and it goes away from uterus and then creates labor pains and we're not laboring very well so bang 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 and that all came from walking into a hospital so you haven't even gone anywhere near where you're actually going to birth and straight off the bat you've put yourself on the back foot and that's not the I suppose that's not the fault of the mum that's the fault of people around us not setting our birth environment up to be conducive to birthing so look and and we, our hospitals are doing pretty good these days I must say you yeah. know if they do any visits which I think are fairly few but um if you do get to see they tend to have the the lights dim yes getting better you know so they are getting better at realizing that this is an environment this is not just woo woo or this is not just oh make it nice and calm for everyone because that's sweet no this is science this helps your body work better Mm. by having it more dimly light uh, lit and um and having the calm atmosphere, this really helps our hormones and, um, and yeah, it's a big knock-on effect. So. Yeah, it just makes so much sense. I mean, you just think about when you've been in front of the screen all day, you're so yeah. wired <laughs> and that is not the environment that you need. Um, and so is that setting up the birthing environment? Is that also something you sort of cover or give couples info on? Absolutely. So yeah. I, I see that as a tool, um, yes. to tell you the truth. That is without a, doubt, uh, without a doubt a tool. So, you know, I teach partners it because, you know what, they're the ones that are pretty much going to be doing it. Yeah. <laughs> because if you arrive at hospital and you've got time to set up your room and make it all nice, I would say you are not ready for birth. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, because that would mean you're in your neocortex. Because you're yeah, thinking. okay, yeah. So I always even say if you're calling your care providers to say you're ready to come into the hospital to birth, you're not ready mm. <laughs> because you're not in the right mindset for it. You're still mm. overthinking and you're probably very early in your in your birth uh, when you're in labour. So we want to have you right back here in the neocortex, um, sorry, in the reptilian brain. Um, so, yeah, if the partners know how to do that, they can, you know, they can be so helpful. Um, and this gives them, again, it's giving them lots of things to do. So they're very much a part of this process, mm. um, which is just brilliant because you guys are doing it together, you know. Yeah, Lovely. it's a joint effort. It really is. Kind of, right. that bit. Yes. 
I totally is. I know mum's got a she's got a pretty hefty physical and emotional part to contribute here, but (laughs) so she's got the bulk, but it's still joint. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I just wanted to talk about as well. I've heard you speak to the amount of women in Australia that are now being induced, which is around a third. Yeah. Which is huge. That yeah. that means that a third of Australian women are actually not able to go into labor on their own. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a few things I would like to hear your thoughts on is, you know, mm-hmm. what is contributing to that? And certainly if better birthing education and hypnobirthing is something that can aid with that. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it pretty is, it, sorry, pretty much is crazy to think that a third of Australian women mm. aren't going to, to labour on their own. That's sort of like, really, is that the case? Is that really mm. what's going on here? Because I don't think that that's mum's failing. I think that's possibly one, the pressure that we're getting from our care providers saying that, you know, baby needs to come along sooner than mm-hmm. maybe than baby's ready. Mm. Um or you know what? Or we're we're kind of bringing baby on, yeah, way sooner than than baby's ready. I mean, we're we're looking at a, a range, really anything from um, you know thirty eight weeks to 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 forty two is when you know you can have baby. That's a big range of yeah. time. Um, so I think that. Firstly, um, you know, asking your care providers um, for evidence on why baby needs to come early. It would be a good good idea. Look, I've had um, mums call up saying that they've been told that they, they're going to be induced. They're just booked in straight away and, and they don't know what to do or they don't mm-hmm. know, you know, how to approach this. And, and look, I'm not here to tell you what to do. Um, you, know, I'm that, you know, I'm not going to give you med- medical advice. But I also just prod at women to work out what they want. And I'm saying, so do you do you want to be induced? Do you want to, you know, have your baby now? And they're saying no. Um, and when I hear that mums are saying, I just don't know how to say no because I feel like it's not an option, as then they're being told in such a way that it doesn't really feel like an option. And so I kind of want mums to understand that, look, you know, they've got a job at the hospital and you'll have um, midwives that will have a job and they have to ring up and say, I'm booking you in because that's just part of what they've been, you know, looked yeah. over by certain people telling mm-hmm. them this is what has to happen. This is a hospital policy that then they need to call and this is what needs to happen. So that's their job, but that's not your job. So, you know, just to to say no, you can actually say, no, I don't want that. And that's absolutely an option. And you'll find that when you do say that, that you'll find that, that they'll say, oh, okay then. So it will feel very pressured, very forced, very kind of like you need to do this, you need to do this, I'm booking you in, it's not not really a question. And then you say, no, I am not doing that. Mm. Oh, okay. It is like the magic word. <laughs> yeah no is a full sentence right no yeah so so this is yeah a, a really big part of of understanding that there are choices and that you can say no um uh something that you can yeah so with using your hypnobirthing that would be what we would call the the, the um the tools that you'd be using in this case would be looking at your your brain technique so your brain is looking b for brain so it's your benefits um, are looking at the risk. So every time you make a decision, you'd be looking at what are the benefits here? What is the risk? Benefits to mum and baby, risks to mum and baby. And that is only for you to gauge that. Yeah. The next one is A, what's the alternative? 
Sometimes the alternative is to do nothing. Um, you can ask for an alternative, you know. So these are all things that you can, you know, and approach this with every scenario that you go into with birth. And then looking for I, what's your instinct telling you? Is it a med medical emergency? Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe it's just have a look in the room. Can you feel it? Does it feel like a med medical emergency? Or does it feel like you've just been told to do something, you know? And then and what about if you just do nothing? So this is how I would be approaching any time that, um, you know, I was asked to do something or I was told that this is what needed to happen. I'd be going through my brain technique. Um, and then, of course, like we've got natural things to bring things on if that's really what, you know, want. We, we talk about that in labour, some natural things, natural ways to help um, baby come on. To tell you the truth, baby will come when baby's ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. I was going to say, does that work? <laughs> yeah. Well, it helps that. Sometimes um, things don't happen because we are holding on. Yes. Okay. And we're, we've got the anxiety going on and absolutely labor will not start. Mm. So we need to let go of some of those things. So that's, that's what we talk about um, in this later stage where yes, you might be getting all this fear and pressure, but you've got to find the tools to let go to all that because you know what? It's just not going to serve you at all in this scenario. Mm. It, it just is what it is. And so, yeah, we even talk about it 40 weeks, um, plan something, plan something yeah. you can do. It's called bonus time. Wow. If you're a first time mom, you can actually walk out of the house. I know you might be very pregnant. You might be a bit sore and tired, but you can walk out of the house at any time without having any issues of, of like having to, you know, look after your baby. You know, baby's not here yet. So you can just go. You can go. You can just go. Bonus time. So enjoy yeah. it. Enjoy it. And go go and have a nice dinner out if you feel up to it. Uh, and do some things that make you feel good. And that tends to... Uh, bring on baby <laughs> because once yeah. you're calm relax and you're happy you release the hormones that um the good old oxytocin that mm. can help to bring things on <laughs> i love it i think overall it's something that you'll take with you oh, yes. for other parts of your life as well which i really like you know i think it sort of leads to a bigger question around why we're uncomfortable saying no and choosing what we want and you know, asking for other options. Is there an alternative? Like, why is that so uncomfortable for us to actually do? So I think, you know, whilst women are using it as a tool for their pregnancy birth and um, sort of a tool for shaping the experience that they want mm -hmm. also for the rest of their life, I mean, that's not information, hopefully that you're forgetting. It's yeah. information and tools uh, and strategies that you're able to take with you, which I think is a really big part of the benefit of doing hypnobirthing as well as also, yeah, you get to look back at your experience and go, that was amazing. And I'm so happy with how that went, even if it wasn't exactly how I pictured it, you know, I sort of, I called the shots um, and I'm happy with that experience. And, and then also you've got this sort of bigger learning of hey, I can actually say no if I want to and I can ask for alternatives, which I know sounds so simple, but like so many of us actually don't do that. 
Yes, yeah. I, I just loved how you summed that up because I'm still hypnobirthing every single day. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm a bit of a people pleaser and and so I, that was a big thing um, mm. going through birth. I, I had to learn how to really assert myself and say how I felt and and not trying to appease the other person and make them feel better because it's what, what was that going to give me well you know I'm not there to make them feel better yeah. <laughs> um so so that is a huge part of it such a big part of it and that, that's why I just love that you brought it up because I kind of try to bring that into my classes mm. as well I know some people are not ready to hear yeah that it's it's about this is a transformation and you, you're essentially working on tools um just generally <laughs> uh tools for life um but um you know I actually had a an athlete um uh, do the, the course and uh and as I was talking she just kept nodding because and after I said you know how was it did you enjoy it she goes yeah she said I just can't believe how much I equated with my training mm-hmm. and all, all of that. She said, I just didn't realize that I was, I could use all the tools that I learned there and bring it into birth. I said, absolutely. Yeah. So these are all tools that you will learn in different ways. It is life tools. Um, and yeah. you're not going to have, you're not going to stop needing to advocate for yourself and your kids right. after birth. I mean, birth is step one, right? And yeah. then the rest of their life <laughs> as a child, you're going to be, making choices and needing to advocate for things and in some instances if you feel maybe going against the grain and that that's okay but this is a tool that will actually help you and empower you to be able to do that and feel confident in that yeah it really it really is yeah Yeah. oh it's beautiful yeah I've absolutely loved this conversation today Kate I really have Mm -hmm. and um you know as I said I'm haven't I haven't had a baby yet but when I do I will definitely be doing hypnobirthing for sure (laughs) and I'd love if you could just um, share with us where we can find out more about your courses and how people can get in touch with you Yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm doing courses on the Gold Coast for anyone that's not listening on the Gold Coast. Um, <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so they run um, courses uh, on the Gold Coast at, um, in Oxenford. And, um, and if you want to check out my website, you can go and have a look. So my, com- my company name is Positively Hypnobirthing. Um, so positivelyhypnobirthing.com.au but I spend a lot of time on Instagram so and really it's my way of kind of educating and um, and kind of spreading the word um, on online so you know even if you want to just follow me on there and just get some tips and and you know find out how you could maybe bring this into your into your life then that that's a great thing so um, again positively hypnobirthing just look me up and I'm Kate Kate Wiggins (laughs) <laughs> thanks so much Kate it's um it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and I'm sure our listeners have learned so much oh I hope so and it'd be lovely talking with you thanks for having me on thank you for listening to this episode of Holistic Health Chats if you enjoyed this episode I would be so grateful if you could leave me a rating and review in iTunes as this allows me to help more women just like you Holistic Health Chats is not intended to replace medical advice, so please consult with your practitioner before making any changes to your current health. If you are ready to take your health to the next level and would like some personalized support, the next step is booking in for a complimentary health chat. Please head to selendouglas.com forward slash book for more information.